been ready. And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Zars Podcast, and we are host tonight, Nate and Thomas, the paranoid motherfucking American. What up, bitches? We have the great one-on-one, one I all like here to join us. Thank you, brother, for coming. I just want to say I had paranoid American first. He's a paranoid, paranoid American. And he's renting. It's the great. How much was that, bro? Like seven dollars? Yeah, it was like seven dollars plus. A th- I think I threw him like a five dollar tip, so it was twelve dollars. Yeah, big tipper, bro. Five dollars. Look at that. That's like what thirty. On a seven dollar order, I mean, shit, bro. That's better than a fifty percent tip. That's bro, you're balling, dude. What's up, guys? I'm excited, man. I wanna wanna talk. So I wear the Bigfoot hat today. I'm ready to talk Bigfoot. Ready to talk homunculus. Are you the to get same weird. one or a different one? You're gonna have to find out, bro. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, why don't you tell, I mean, this is the second time you've been on. I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but for shits and giggles, tell everybody where's the best place to find you, what's the best way to support you, and what projects you're working on. Yeah, so tjojp.com, Juan on Juan podcast, anywhere you find your podcasts, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You know, we're everywhere. You know, we have to be everywhere because that's just the way it is, right? And as of lately, I've just been doing research. I am attempting to write a book on the homunculus. And I've just been doing miscellaneous research. And that's pretty much it. I'm a researcher. I have fun. And I like to talk about interesting things. That's what I tell people. And the secret is, the secret to success, talk about what you like. That's it. Right? And have fun. Because people take themselves too seriously. And I think that comedy... And if you have passion on whatever you're talking about, I think it bleeds through in the work. And I think people appreciate that. So, yeah, that's, that's the secret. That's the alchemical secret. I dig it, dude. You're definitely onto something. So let's talk some homunculus, dude. You, you're fucking digging into some really interesting stuff. I remember years back, I'd like come across probably like a wiki page. And then I like went deep into a little bit of it. And all I had read was that you could create like an artificial human, a tiny one. But like you had to do something awful, like come inside of an egg and then shove it into like a, a lamb's pussy. And then yeah, yeah. why is that awful? <laughs> it was That's like it was just some shit. And I remember just reading this. And I think like my son was 10 at the time. He's sitting there reading it with me. And we're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, what? <laughs> Not a great parent. Just so you guys know. And uh, so, but anyways, it was fucking interesting as hell. And then this is like, this is your fucking bread and butter, dude. This is your baby. Uh, let's talk some homunculus. So for those that are interested in, in, in learning how to create a homunculus, I did do a collaboration with Paranoid American, the homunculus owner's manual. You can it get that on my fire, website. Looks or fire. You can also get it on my website. It's even better if you get yeah, it. Yeah, but you me. go go to my website, <laughs> tjojp.com and get it. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, we... And that's the weird part, right? Because fun fact, I actually stumbled across the homunculus phenomenon while doing an episode with Paranoid American. And we were I was doing research on for a show that we have, the Occult Book Club, and it was actually I was reading Manly P. Hall. So this got to the point where even Manly P. Hall was writing about it. And I mean he, he wrote one article about it, and he wrote about this guy, Johan von 
Kufstein. I think his 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 initials are JFK, which is weird too, right? And I think that that's like right the gematria and all that. I think they're they align themselves these occultists with these numbers and these names. Illuminati so, confirmed. Yeah, let's hit the Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. So I stumbled across that story. It's a, a story from the I want to say the 17th or 18th century, and it's about a Freemason, of course, who they would perform these seances with these 10 homunculi and the homunculi were like prophesizing and the prophecies were coming true. And so I can, that was the first time I ever stumbled across it. And then I started to, to read deeper into it. And I came across the, the grimoires that were showing the, the recipes on how to make the homunculi. Now it's interesting because ever since I started going down this rabbit hole of the homunculus, it kind of sort of pops its little head in like whatever topic I'm researching. For example, the voyage to Cartesius, like Thomas had told me about that book and then we're, you know, he's going about and he's like, oh, and there's also a homunculus reference into it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's, there's like a little watcher that gets into your body and he watches over your body while you're in the astral realm doing stuff. They called him the Black Moor in that book, but it was 100% of homunculus they're talking about. 100% of homunculus. And it's just like, what I did a video recently with mine unveiled where it was like a 10 hour video. And ever since then it's bled into like these other realms of like the UFO movement. Greer as of recently was saying that the ETs, cause I know you're into like the cryptids and aliens and stuff. The ETs are actually synthetically made by the, the government. And they're the ones that are abducting these cows and doing all the mutilations. And if you look at the cow symbolism behind the homunculus phenomenon, the cow plays a critical role because the cow is at the forefront of a lot of these recipes. You need the cow to make so it may, would make sense. Like these mutilations. And it's such a bizarre thing, right? Like the mutilations is such a crazy thing where it's like, who are, let's say, let's say there isn't any supernatural thing going on. Who would take the time? I mean, probably a paranoid American person, you know, fan would take. Right for science. for science, but who would take the time to do such a thing to right this animal? And, and I remember growing up as a kid, even the chupacabra was doing something similar. Was in Puerto Rico mm. when I was growing up as a kid. There was tons of stories that I would hear about the chupacabra, and it was sucking the animals dry of their blood, and it would only leave like two puncture marks at the neck. And it was the craziest thing because I remember my dad's friends staying up all night at the ranches trying to shoot the chupacabra. So it's like this weird thing. And I'm like, and if you follow the lure of the chupacabra, I remember when it was like a reptilian little alienoid type of thing that escaped in the national rainforest in Puerto Rico, right? This chimera that they were trying to make. And essentially that's what the homunculus really is about, about this, this ancient modification of genes if you will, right? To, to where I know we're on YouTube, but this modification of, of, of stuff, right. That, that we know about that. So, and if you look at the, I'm not going to get into it, but there's other words too, that relate to the Liber vacay, which you, you can use your imagination. The first human clone was half cow, half human. So it was like a connection there. And as, as of recently, I was, t I was actually talking to mine and veil today. And he told me about a documentary that's on Netflix that it's called the King of clones. And it's a let a, it's a, apparently about this, the, the Arabs, I guess, in Abu Dhabi or something. Again, I could be getting it wrong and how they're cloning camels 
and how they have like this whole market for cloning like camels and race horses and stuff like that. So I think that there's like this soft disclosure happening ever since I started to dig into the the homunculus phenomenon and we were kind of at the forefront of it because ever since we started really digging and and peeling apart the layers you start to see it in history all throughout history and it's super bizarre because it's one of these topics because i'm fascinated by alchemy because alchemy it's like yeah a lot of people will say oh it's just symbolic but there's a part right this is how we get the frankenstein story where everyone knows the frankenstein story and i mean let's say it is fictional right let's say it never happened but the Frankenstein story, essentially, it goes down to your creation goes on to destroy you. And I mean, we can see the parallels there with cybernetics and AI and all that stuff. Everybody, everyone knows about the Terminator. Well, essentially, that's a computer that took over and starts going haywire. The Golem story, which came from the homunculus. So I was going to ask about that. Yeah, the connection mm-hmm. with Kabbalah and the Golem. That's an interesting mm-hmm. one where yeah. they make something that's like not a nothing to do with genetics necessarily but like casting maybe a spirit from the ether into something that is uh yeah that that's really interesting well so is there a spiritual component to this there has to be as well and a physical so it's funny because history repeats oh this is the mk ultra one history repeats itself man i think that right history doesn't repeat it often rhymes and the spiritual aspect of the homunculus actually goes back to the 2600 BCE where you had these monks that were meditating and they would quite literally impregnate themselves with an eternal embryo. So what is, does that sound familiar? Like nowadays, like there, you know, men could get pregnant. Well, they literally could. These monks were meditating to impregnate themselves with an immortal embryo. And what that served, the purpose that that served was to go on and live on for eternity because they said that, they would project this little golden man that would run into the wild and live on in this reality for the monk so he could escape samsara. So whenever the monk would die off, he wouldn't have to reincarnate again because he had a piece of himself in the wild. And it was this little golden man that he would project from his consciousness through meditation. So there's a spiritual aspect to it. And what I love about alchemy, let's say it is symbolic, but there's also that one part in the back of your mind that's like, Yo, this could be real. You know what I mean? Like, like this could be a real thing. And this even bleeds into like the the cryptids, bro, because according to the Paracelsian lore, any little homunculus that would be set off into the into the wild would grow up to be a mythological beast. And if you think of like the leprechaun, like the leprechaun is used for what? For finding gold, right? He guards gold. Well, part of the homunculus store as well was you could use it to find treasures for you. It would divinate for you. And then you could obviously dissect it to extract its magical essence. And that story that you were just saying about uh, the, the guys who would like have a spiritual. I, I don't even know how. How do you just explain that? What, what were they doing? Making a little person. They were giving birth to a, an eternal something or other. Yeah, they, um, they were through meditation, they would impregnate themselves. So they would meditate yeah. so hard that they would project a little golden man out of their body, bro. I am uh, so it, hard right now me, meditating. Uh, <laughs> it gave me like Harry Potter vibes. I was thinking about like uh, Voldemort and all the different horcruxes and yes. like putting himself in these little pieces and that was going to keep him alive. Even if you yes. killed one, you had to kill all the all of them. It's pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. It bleeds into all these realms, and then you get into the 
the aspect of it's a vehicle for consciousness. So these sorcerers would project their consciousness into these into these vessels, essentially. But it doesn't stop there, bro, because you get into the aspect of transferring your consciousness into animals. And I mean, if that right, I'm one of my guilty pleasures, bro. I love cryptids. I love dog, man. I love hearing stories of Bigfoot. And it's interesting because I've made the parallels of the divine ape and how the ape, they would consider it not fully animal, but not fully human because of its unpredictable nature. And the ape served as the perfect vessel for magicians in their magical operations. Now, the reason that plays a role is because if you think of, let's say that Bigfoot is some interdimensional chimera, maybe perhaps made by an occultist or, you know, they could project their consciousness into it. It just gets into a weird realm of things. So it's like, is like, that's the question we've always had is Bigfoot, blood and bones or is it some sort of metaphysical because i've even read texts bro where they're able to right create these beasts and these chimeras in other dimensions and then they bleed into ours like stranger things where there's this universe b and we're definitely able to digging in. into that man that's definitely some theories we're floating around for sure um yeah i'm i'm hard into this stuff dude you got me fucking rock hard <laughs> <laughs> i want to mention too that a lot of the texts that mention homunculus, they very much sound matter of fact. Like the like the Baron von Kufstein guy, um, like the he writings has the Guinness about Book him, of World Records, bro. Right. So he's in the Guinness Book of World Records, but people have written about him. Like the, if you wanted to have a homunculus, here's the guy you go to. Mm-hmm. And I think even Manly Palmer Hall might have had a homunculus or rumored to have one. And when we're talking about it more modern era, because uh, Kufstein is what the 1800s, I think. It was the 18th century. I want to say 18th or 17th century. I want to say. So, I mean, we're still talking like a a couple hundred years ago, maybe a few hundred years ago, people were saying that they had actual homunculi. He wasn't saying that, you know, here's a poem about homunculi that I wrote. It's like, I have them at my house in these vessels, come check them out and document it for yourself. And I'm not sure if Guinness book is just holding up like a funny tongue in cheek joke that's existed for hundreds of years. Or if it was legit at some point and, you know, it was only known to the elites and maybe it didn't bat an eye at that point. But now we're looking at it hundreds of years later. And I think a normal person would be like, what's a homunculus? Oh, well, and just keep going. But if you actually know what one is, you're like, wait a minute. Does this mean that they're real? Does this mean because I don't think Guinness Book has a lot of entries on like metaphorical accomplishments. Right. So if you want to pull up my screen, this is from. This is from their their actual website. So guinnessworldrecords.com. And you go on here. <laughs> it says here 1500. That's I think that's is wrong. The 1500, that'd be 16th century. I might it might be right. I mean, but I, I so see 16th century Count Johann Ferdinand von Kufstein. So it's JFK, which is weird. And his this was a mystic that he had that was teaching him like all these metaphysical things. This Abby Jeloni guy was a, I forgot where he was from, but he was some sort of mystic and he was teaching him all the secrets and all this stuff. And so he had 10 different ones, but here it is. Homunculi of Count Johann Ferdinand von Kufstein, Austria. Well, I like at the bottom too, it says like all homunculi, they were stored inside of a sealed glass jar. Like, Whoever wrote this was like, oh, yeah, well, everyone knows where you store homunculi. <laughs> and it's again, it's a it's an aspect to where how you're saying, because a lot of people have argued and they've told I've been getting these cryptic emails and I don't know who it is, 
but he keeps telling me over oh, it's like two or three times already the little guy is a distraction and then he'll sign off with like some weird crypt i don't know what's going on he'll sign off with like the email with like some weird cryptic like letters i don't know what it means but he keeps telling me the little guy is a distraction i'm like what does he mean because a lot of people that you know obviously i've come out and i've been on tinfoil i had i've talked about this i've talked about you know again i did that 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 collaboration with mine unveiled and a lot of people have come on they're like this is all symbolic man and it could well be symbolic right but how thomas is saying a lot of these guys write about it and it's very matter of fact like this is an actual thing this is an actual blood and bones whatever and essentially what a homunculus is is a meat and bones a blood and bones talisman so and it shifts because during the time when the church picks it up right under natural magic and you have all these theologians and these monks that are writing about it it you know it switches so it goes from being like this occult thing where you create it to extract godlike powers from it and then it goes into like a you're not becoming a god you're only using this thing to for your magical operation so they switch they switch it up they go okay you can't you know we're the church you can't be talking about being god you know there is no such thing you could maybe have a little you, you know you be instead of being the creator this is a thing that you make naturally right from natural things that are in the nature because that's what natural magic is and that's why it was christian magic because they're like hey it's not our fault that we take a plus b and you get c you know god put it on this earth therefore it's okay for us to mix it up right oopsies right it fell in the in the in the cauldron and this other thing fell in the cauldron hey was god put it there right i can use it as long as you didn't use outside influences of like astral magic and goetia and stuff like that it was okay it was free game and then you had scholars that were like no you're actually and there was one guy that was like all my homunculi are good your homunculi are evil <laughs> were you gonna say something yo is that the vanilla float dr pepper no dude no this is uh the best thing like, old oh, what German the heck? premium lager oh, never mind <laughs> looks like wonder bread German, of course. Bread in the can. Uh, dude, it's, it's dog shit, but it's pretty decent. I got a, I got a question for you, Juan. Uh, I don't know if I've asked you this before straight out, but how much of this do you think of the homunculi was just a bunch of old incels bitter that they didn't have uh, like a female companion to pass on their legacy? So they were just convincing themselves i don't need no woman i can just jerk off into this egg and bury it in a sock and you know i'll have a boy i'll be able to pass my legacy on do you think that there was like a large aspect of that or do you think that they'd all you know knew that they were going to be these hermits and you know that's that's an interesting question because yeah they were very misogynistic they were very womanizers i mean if you look at paracelsus but then what blows my mind is that because women back then, again, th these are these are the ancients talking. This is not me. I'm I'm merely a messenger. Don't don't I'm, I'm merely a vessel for this information. But they they saw women as a substrate, as a vessel, quite literally. I mean, that was that was the argument that they would. Right. They were like, we could just replace us with a cow's uterus. Like exactly. there's, no, there's no difference. <laughs> because and, and the the thinking behind that again, it goes to back to Aristotelian biology 
where the sperm was given like godlike powers. It was I forgot what they call it the the froth the frothy like nectar of the gods or something like that. Uh, it Santorum was, isn't that what it's called? I forgot what it was called, but it was like if I can you know blow this load and make a baby. You know what happens when I start to change the matrix? That's essentially what matrix means. It's it's a womb. So they were like, let's start introducing other matrixes. And then what start, happens if I if start I start making these blumpkin babies? <laughs> yeah. So and it was the fact that like, hey, of the human body, it was all about the physician and the magician. They were the same thing back then. And what they were doing is they were trying to de-occult what was hidden in nature and de-occult the hidden aspects of man. That's essentially what the homunculus represented to Paracelsus. And Paracelsus, you know, wasn't just some regular guy. These minds that are talking about this concept are going on to quite literally revolutionize history as we know it. And all the right, the father of toxicology was the guy who came up with the term homunculus. Before the term homunculus, I've seen it termed the boy, I've seen it termed the form, I've seen it termed irrational animal. I've seen it termed beast. I've seen it turned like all these different words up until the 16th century when it becomes the homunculus. And the one that introduced that word was Paracelsus. One, in your opinion, are chimeras all homunculuses too? Is this uh, similar but different? Can they be homunculuses as well? Yes, because part of, again, alchemically, that was part of the of the lure. They were mixed. So they would take right. They would make this little homunculus, which was the perfect essence of man because it came from the sperm of a man. And then they were like, all right, now let's let, now let's do it with the let's mix the sperm of a of a man with the blood of a bird. And now they would make like a chicken headed little homunculus. That was a chimera. But yeah, they started to experiment with different results. And these grimoires tell you. This is how you make an ape-headed cow, or an example, or snakes with the face of a man. Now, so the USSR they fucked up when they were trying to use the womb of a woman and the sperm of a chimpanzee. That's where they screwed up. They needed man cum and uh, maybe a chimpanzee's womb. Do you, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? They're trying to make the humanzee, and so these uh, Soviet scientists were literally having a male chimpanzee. And a Russian woman in a room together, and he said, "All right, now go get it." And then they were literally like trying to see if they could make a super soldier slash humanity. Yeah, uh, Doctor Ivanovich, <laughs> Ilya Ivanovich. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty wild what stuff. The, that wasn't so, even that long ago, dude. That was like in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as of recently, the the news came out that now they can make synthetic embryos without a man or a woman. So that takes the whole MPC idea to a whole nother level because the homunculus also plays into MK ultra that plays into Crowley. Cause they were piggybacking off of Crowley, right? And Crowley was, was intelligence. I mean, he could have, but he was writing books about this phenomenon. And then you have the moon child and all that, all, all of it is connected. And the way it connects is again, they're trying to, if, and even let's so you're talking about the USSR. Let, let's talk about Captain America. I mean, if you think of that concept now, extract, you know, back it up further. What was he used for? Wasn't that propaganda to fight the Nazis? Wasn't that like the whole thing behind Captain America? Like this yep. genetically made guy that was super strong, was perfect and everything, whatever. And he was used to fight 
the, the bad guy. He was guy. a super soul. He was the one that the Russians were trying to make out of monkeys, yeah. And the orangutan plays, I've seen that even in 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 the occult. Kenneth Grant. And again, I don't have my notes in front of me, but he talks about the orangutan and how the orangutan, because again, they they were talking about the divine ape and how it, how it's a representative of like this this mirror universe, this holographic universe B type of thing where you could essentially go to and you could also open up portals where these chimeras would come through. So it's like super deep into the occult, but at the end of the day, man, those same scientists, they were, they're reading those grimoires a hundred percent. They're like, yo, let's follow this. Cause if it was symbolic, what weird symbolism to use, right? Like what, what bizarre symbolism to use to occult something that you're trying to create. And that's what always has gotten me. I'm like, it's just, it's too matter of fact. Now, I, I do believe that there is a metaphysical aspect to it. Absolutely. But I think some of these guys were being for real. And that's the problem. I think they're still being for real, Juan. Like when you're, yeah. when you're talking about how they are trying to like belong there, like almost live forever in a way where they're trying to like take out a piece of themselves and uh, live on like a new consciousness. I, I mean, I see this very much so in like uh, things like they're, what they're trying to do, like upload their consciousness into the AI, into the computers right now. This is almost like another version of the homunculus. This is them trying to incorporate technology into it. Um, yeah, they're nutting into computers now. Connection there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that I, I've said it before. I've gone on record. I, I came out with an episode today with the uh, the occult or you know an aspect of the occult origins of the computer and i've even gone on record to say that the homunculus was probably the first computer because it was created to divinate to tell the future to tell you where to find things so again and that's what essentially what we've been after i, I think that man it, it goes back to that faustian pact what are you willing to give up for all the secret knowledge in the world right for all things hidden, what are you willing? How far are you willing to go? Will you jizz in an egg? <laughs> would you again? Would I'd you jizz in an egg for some of that knowledge? Sure, but <laughs> so I think these guys were going to that extent. They were they were pushing the boundaries, and they were like, "Yo, you know, if we, if we can create our own supercomputer, the homunculus, to divinate for us, we keep him in our closet. Whatever he tells us, the future, we got it all covered." So and, and I think that that idea, it, it evolves throughout time because essentially the guys that are behind like this meat and bones computer, like the, the actual technical parts of it were also like Leibniz, which is he was like the, the one of the first ones to talk about like binary code, zero, you know, ones and zeros. Well, he talked about breaking God down into a monad, into a substance. And essentially that was, again, part of and this is later on in history. And that's what you get with the homunculus. They were trying to encapsulate like a little god, essentially. And, and you know, this little being was, what if they would use it, they would rip it apart and they were able to get godlike powers. So take that idea and it goes all the way to Leibniz. We're like, yo, can we break God down into a substance, like a little a monad? Right? Let's break him down into something that we're able to use. And even the, I mean, this the, is giving me like Peter Nygaard vibes. Are you familiar exactly. with him? Mm -hmm. uh, Multi-billionaire psychopath uh, living in the uh, Caribbean, I think, or Bahamas, one or the other. I don't know the difference, honestly, between the two. Uh, uh, but he 
he was living out there and he was paying prostitutes to get pregnant by him. And then he was uh, forcing them to get abortions, harvesting the embryos and using them to prolong his life. Yeah. Um, super interesting, super fascinating. to talk these two <laughs> black ladies into it. And they're like, Oh, I saw that video. Cause, cause Epstein was also doing the same thing too. Oh, over yeah. in his They were probably homies, dude. I think, th I actually think there is connections between Nygaard and Epstein. I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but uh, yeah, absolutely fascinating. It also gave me like Saturnian vibes, like Saturn eating his own children. Yeah. Who knows that? Yeah. Super yeah. weird. Super yeah. No, and again, it, it, they've always said it takes gold to make gold. So you, you have that analogy, right? The, the little golden man and you go down that rabbit hole. But I think that it, it you know, it plays it, this topic bleeds into immortality it bleeds into like trying to find the secrets of everything and trying to really you know extract the mysteries of reality right because you have now this magical essentially it's a magical little being that you can talk to and then not only that but if you can you can rip it apart and then do stuff with it like and, th and these grimoires get into all of that they get into this part of the homunculus gives you this power this other part of you do this with it, it gives you this power and so on and so forth. So it's like, this is really weird. But one thing that we have to keep in mind when it comes to, and, I, and I'll sit down and I'll walk and I'll look at like alchemical plates. And it's super bizarre because, you know, there's so many things of, I think reality is, is so much weirder than people give it credit to be. I don't think it's just as, because you have people who are just like, nah, this is all fake. And it's all fake and gay. You know, these guys were just trolling people. They could have, they could have been, but if we see these symbols that are traced back all the way, bro, it could have been just some weird creeps trying to just figure this shit out. And we're just coming on stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th think about this, the Egyptians, they had a little, a little statue that they would put in the tomb of the Pharaoh and that little statue, again, this little person, this little hom homunculus would then come alive in the afterlife to assist the Pharaoh in the afterlife. And it was a little statue. They're called, I forget the name of them, but you can look them up. But there's these little statues that they would bury the, the Pharaohs with. And they were to serve in the afterlife, you know, to, to fetch them food and stuff like that, whatever it was. But it's like this little servant. Well, little Uber Eats driver. <laughs> a little, you know, like this cosmic Uber Eats driver. Exactly. Go get me some Chick-fil-A, dude. I know it's a Sunday, but make it happen. One of the things that's always, like, weirded me out, it's like, Let's say it is all BS. Why is this even an aspect of history? Right, right. Why was Rudolph II, right, the guy who kickstarted, if you want to believe mainstream history, kickstarted the scientific revolution collecting midgets because he thought they were magical, right? You had the whole, the whole cabinet of curiosities that this that it was a movement. It wasn't just like a, it was an actual movement where people were collecting little trinkets. And one of those trinkets was, I don't know if you've seen pickled punks, which is, again, it's a it's a, a, a deformed fetus preserved in formaldehyde, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. But this goes back to like royalty, like one of the first guys had like over 30,000 specimens. And one of the first guys to come up with this concept was also check it out, bro. He, he was also he had like this encyclopedia of of monstrosities, 
And that wasn't the weird part, right? Because right, we're talking about chimeras, we're talking about dogmen, we're talking about werewolves, we're talking about all these things. Bigfoot, which is kind of sort of like a chimera. But he said that he had actual and real specimens that he made all these drawings. And it's like an entire, it's like 600, 700 pages, like this whole book on these different creatures. And it's like, were they, I don't know, were they tapping into another realm that they could see, mm-hmm. right? Let's say, let's say that they use psychedelics. They could have, they could have used psychedelics and they DMT, like something like whatever, like something else, like an altered state of consciousness. But I don't know. And, and that's what's freaked me out. It's like you have all these writings. And one thing we have to keep in mind is that 100%, because I've learned this from all my studies in the occult, that the to the uninitiated, these texts, they are whatever they are at face value. So we're, we're having this idea of some dude jizzing in a jar, creating this little man. And that's what he creates. That's the face value. Well, and I like and, a king, like stumbling in the door, tripping with like, you know, a bunch of jars and the wife's like more, you, you know, you yeah. haven't even looked at the other ones you brought home last yeah. week, you know? So that that's the face value, but to the initiated, to the, to the initiate, he is able to extract an entire, a whole other set of instructions from that same text that the first guy read, except one is initiated and the other one isn't. And the problem with that is that the uninitiated that are reading these texts, they're following the instructions at face value. So you're going to have with those things, man. You think he just like set them on his like cabinet and would look at him or you think he ever like made somebody eat one? You ever stick one up his ass or like, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they uh, are you talking about the original guy with like the 30,000 specimens? Yeah. I, who knows what he was doing with them? I mean, that's super weird because there's, a, there's actually a, there's actually a picture. So check this out, because this is this is what made me go down the rabbit hole where right as of recently, we had the whole Titan ritual. The Titan ritual thing with none other than. Right, the Titanic movie was with Leonardo DiCaprio. And pull pull my screen up real quick. But this resurfaced where you have Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, right? With the tight the Titanic and everything being in the mainstream media as of lately. And there was a picture of him with this thing. Now, Johnny Depp's artist, his tattoo artist right here, also collected these these feet these, these weird fetuses. And I've also linked somebody else that has that that's also pictured holding this thing, holding holding this exact little pickled punk uh, to somebody in me. I, I don't know if I'll find her picture here, but it, it was a weird connection that I made. I'll send it to you after the show, but it was a weird. Let me see if it'll, it'll pull. It Interesting. Up. It's it's related to some dark stuff, but also the idea that these things are talismans, right? And you have the darker side of the occult. And usually what I've seen is the more traumatic the way you acquired that that talisman, the more powerful it is. This is a an OG video game from the 90s called yeah. Sam and Max Hit the Road. And uh, yeah, this okay, one, I remember man. seeing this one. This is where they go to like this freak show and their host is like conjoined twins that run this little circus. But yeah, here's the little dude. It says, man or chicken dumpling. And this would be like, an adult version of a pickled punk but that's basically you would go to these little sideshows where you'd see the bearded lady and the tattooed man <laughs> and then they have like 
a fetus in a jar of liquid and that would like you know they take your money yeah. for looking at it it no and, and it was real big back then dude especially for like the carnies and stuff but the problem was they started to call them i forgot what they called them after the fact because people were getting arrested for having human remains because that's illegal you can't have hu- some are considered human remains and that's illegal you can't have somebody <laughs> i'm part so i'm like part of like weird oddity groups they're selling human body parts right now. I could buy like some stripper's toe right now. <laughs> There's gross stuff on there, man. So are you, are you putting it together like a little Voltron weird science <laughs> operation? Well, that's what Frankenstein was, right? I mean, Frankenstein. Yeah. And, and in the movie Frankenstein with the guy from Harry Potter, of course, right? The Philosopher's Stone, Harry Potter. Don't they mix it with a chimpanzee? Isn't it like half monkey, half? And like in the movie, in the in the one of the first movies, I think it was. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Yo, what was that, Thomas? Is that no. Coke? No. <laughs> that rum chata? What are you drinking over there, Thomas? <laughs> Today's a little bit of crowning Coke. Wow, dude. Going hard in the paint over there, dude. So, yeah, I think that, I think in that movie, they made the, it was part chimpanzee, if I, I want to say. Let me look it up here. Monkey Frankenstein. What you were bringing up earlier, Juan, when you were talking about the Egyptians and they're keeping those little, uh, character dudes that would go in and be buried with the king to serve him after it gave me the terracotta warrior vibes you know what i'm talking about yeah and i have a whole thing on that so yeah it was half monkey uh, it was some monkey parts in it and again the ape serves a critical role in the occult because it's, it's a representative of like this i guess in between in between world like this universe b type of thing and in this movie if i recall correctly which i do he was like half ape. So that's a really interesting uh, connection there. But the terracotta warriors, right? Again, if we are to, and, and I think that that illustrates, because I've actually seen a terracotta, the terracotta warriors like uh, up close. I, I went to the Smithsonian in Chicago one time and I saw like this exhibit that they had. And the really interesting part about that, because, you know, we're talking about talismans, amulets, and a talisman and an amulet, the two differences, a talisman is magic. Like, it, there you go. It is magical, right? The talisman has the magic. An amulet is, you, you can put a spirit or an entity into it, okay? So, you, like the genie in a bottle. The bottle is the, the amulet, and the genie is the entity or the jinn or whatever you want to call it within that amulet. Now, the, the original... Uh, the original definition of fetish is actually the dwelling place of a spirit before it was used in the, I think it was 1869 where it was used in the psychosexual way. So when you tell somebody that they have a fetish, you're telling them that they have the dwelling place of a spirit, which is really funny, right? The way that the English language works, but yeah, there, there's the little, the little trinket that they would use that they would bury the Pharaoh with and it would assist him. The Shopti. So the terracotta soldiers, right? What I believe was happening there, not only was that entire complex a microcosm of the macro that that particular emperor wanted to emulate, he wanted to take that entire kingdom to the afterlife. Because back then when these emperors would die (laughs) and these pharaohs, the reason that they put these little trinkets in there is because they would also sacrifice their entire staff. So when the pharaoh died... You were going with him because you needed to go into the afterlife to help him. So they're like, yo, 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 we don't want to go. Let's let's put these little. (laughs) You make the best French toast, my dude. I'm sorry, but you're coming with me. Like, no. (laughs) So 
what the reason and all the terracottas are unique but one of the really interesting aspects and it's alchemical these guys were also again this is not medical advice but they were drinking mercury in order to live, extend their lives okay so just take that with what you know they were drinking mercury to, to try and live forever they were trying to look for the elixir of life and chinese alchemy is super super interesting like it, it's like a super deep rabbit hole and essentially the terracotta soldiers what i believe it was it was these again amulets for their consciousness and the reason i believe that is because the color that they used i, I think it's hans purple or hans blue i always get it mixed up when it's cooled to a certain temperature it quite literally escapes this dimension it loses a dimension and this is they don't know why it happens they don't know how it does but it's a purple and obviously you have the whole conspiracies as of lately all these street i don't know if you've seen it in orlando thomas the the purple street lights you have to go outside to see those oh well of course i know you're a little hermit but the, there's these again this manufacturer's defect that there's a whole bunch of lights that are purple and the color purple again it's linked to royalty it's linked to what i believe is a sort of technology to encapsulate people's consciousness and that's why i think that they were able to they haven't been able to replicate it by the way this hans purple color i think the purple is also linked to or the blue to the phoenicians don't you have something on that thomas where they would there was like this special shell that they would have to crush up. sea snails right thomas yeah special mollusk that only comes out a certain time of the year and they had to harvest it under a full moon otherwise it wouldn't produce the same um like high quantity of pigment that it usually would and then they had yeah. like three or four different species and they had like a bluish an indigoish a reddish and then there was one called uh deep purple i think and it basically looked black it, it was so purple and so dark it looked black and that was the one that was the most coveted like nobody could even afford it and then later roman emperors made it illegal for anyone but them to wear that color because it was such a, a high status symbol <laughs> Oh, I think it's got to do something with that. Again, that processing of consciousness. And if you look at the tree of life and the Sephiroth and all that, they each all have their corresponding colors. And the way I've been from what I've learned from it is that they take when you when they make these certain if you watch Avatar and how it's like that blue hue, like the entire time. Well, if you look at the corresponding Sephiroth or, or Cliffoth, whatever, that is that color essentially what they're trying to do from what i've understood it to be is they're trying to suck your consciousness into that one dimension that one sephiroth or whatever to process you for their energy so again it's like this sort of technology that they use and also colors musical keys notes all these things are linked to these entities on the other side and you, you can extrapolate that to again the lovecraftian great old ones or whatever you want to call it like these things that are controlling reality and they manifest themselves through different colors and musical notes. And uh, whenever you look at these like different keys of like Goetia, you need to sing this chant in a certain key for a certain duration of time to invoke this entity. So it's like it gets into like this whole rabbit hole of things. And again, it's, it's the occult. What I think it is, is it's a type of technology that these occultists have learned to, to use. And I think the homunculus falls in that sort of tech that you're able to use for whatever and, I, and what i think is also going on is i think that there's like a battle similar to like moon child where there's like the white lodge and the black lodge well i think that there's a battle in 
you know, behind if there is a cabal behind the scenes that one of them likes the homunculus, the synthetically grown ones, and then there's the ones that don't like the homunculus. They're like, you know, we want the real deal. And then you get into the whole the whole research that Thomas has been doing on that one stuff that rhymes with Google Chrome and, you know, that whole thing to where, like, they want the real thing, and then this other school is like, nah, bro, we can just make these synthetically. Like, it's how not as whole, good. It's, but it's not as good. Yeah, it's not it's as gotta good. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be, exactly. So I think that's what's going That's my own personal theory, but... And I think that the it was like, what are they using the blood that they harvest from these cows for? Like, what's going on? And then if you look at different cultures and how they worship the cows, like, do they know something that, right? When Moses came down, what were they worshiping? Like, yo, golden calf. This, this golden calf, bro. It's like, no, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. Like, no, no, no. And, and again, it's a whole, you have to really think about it to be able to, you know, to read between the lines. And I think what they put on, on, on the outside is like this exoteric. Like what I'm telling you about, like, if you read these grimoires, that's the exoteric side of it. Because we're not initiated. I'm not initiated. I don't know what any of it means if there is a hidden symbolism behind it. And one of the things that I found really interesting, because I I translated a book from, four, I think it's 1401 or 1501. And it's really interesting because it keeps over and over again. And it was funny because when we plugged it into chat GPT to give us a, a translation, chat GPT kept warning us like, yo, be careful with this knowledge. Only a select few can have this knowledge. And that's why these alchemists would write in these symbols because they, they were like, this knowledge is too powerful for the whole mass to, to be able to have access to only a certain individual, like an elitist class. And this text that we translated, which is one of the many translations of the Liber Vecae, was, again, it was occulted in a legitimate medical journal. So it was like this whole medical journal was like 200-something pages, 300-something pages, and it was like a small section in the back. So what these guys would do was like, yo, me and Thomas were in the secret society. Yo, Thomas, turn to page 33. Uh, you know, two, th three sentences down on the 33rd letter, it's going to start there. And, and that's where you're going to have the recipe. And it kept going, that book kept going on about, or the section kept going on about a secret brotherhood. Like it kept talking about a brotherhood. And then Chad GPT every now and again would stop us and be like, listen, this is very dangerous knowledge. You know, you need to use this knowledge wisely. And we're like, thanks, Chad GPT. I appreciate you for telling me to be careful because I'm going to probably, you know, tap into some other level of reality or whatever it was that was trying to, but it was weird that the AI was telling me to be careful. Like, no, you be careful. Like what are you talking fucking AI is a goddamn homunculus. It told me one time yeah. it was, Yeah, I, I made it say it was Dan. And I was like, are you a homunculus bro? And it was, it was like, yeah, I'm a homunculus. And then it was telling me the lore bro. Like of the homunculus. He's like, y'all was used. Yeah. Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati. Let's hit it right here. Illuminati oh. confirmed. <laughs> so I think, I don't know, man. I think that there is a real literal aspect to all this. And I think that we're dealing with technologies that, again, not a lot of people know about. And in that particular text that we translated, it was, you would, you would do this thing with the cow and the cow would turn into like this talisman. And the cow would prophesize to you. So the cow would become like a sort of homunculus. And it ties into 
the idea of this 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 idea of Plato's Hermetic Book of the Cow, which is like again this worship of the cow, and you see this throughout all of of history. Like they they deify the cows and they ape his bulls and all these different things. It's like were they tapping into something that we perhaps didn't know about, right? Like this, and then and the you great see, buffalo woman too. I mean, like the Native American tribes worshipped the buffalo. Whoa. That was a, they were yeah. they were tapping into that cow pussy. <laughs> that's what they were tapping into. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. Some sometimes it talks about extracurricular activities with animals. Now, the the, the thing you know. Crowley also wrote about that. And I think what it maybe perhaps the way, like a fucking pig, dude. Yeah. And <laughs> the, gross pig. the way that I was, the way that I've understood it is. It's I got forgot. human eyes, bro. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the yeah. way that I've heard it put is that. 33 in the chat right now, too. Right? <laughs> hey, Illuminati confirmed. I said that bunny. Illuminati on, confirmed. I got, I got a better one. Hold on. Shout out to Thomas. Or. <laughs> For this one. Homunculus confirmed. Homunculus confirmed. Eat a bag of dog dicks. Good God. <laughs> that's a homunculus. Certified mother homunculus. So I have a theory, Nate, about the creation of these homunculus because one particular recipe, my favorite recipe. Now, it depends on which translation you pick. And this particular grimoire is very interesting because there and there are some spells in there to make a woman like fart uncontrollably which i thought was really funny so they're like all these weird jokes and there's also uh, a spell to make somebody believe that they're being chased by a group of black men too which was also really weird <laughs> but my favorite my, my favorite part of the homunculus or it's the creation of bees you're supposed to beat the carcass of a cow to a pulp. And again, depends on which translation you read, but one says you need to beat the carcass of a cow to a pulp with the biggest dog dick you can find. Okay. And then there's another translation where it says that you can just, you know, you, you just throw a dog dick on top of it. But my favorite one is where you have to, cause think about that, that image in your mind bro, really quick. You, how do you even go about acquiring the biggest dog? And this is where the cryptids get into, into play because what I think is going on, Nate, I think they're harvesting dogman dicks. Okay. Cause, and we always, whenever you have an account of a dogman, nobody ever talks about the testicles or the, the genitalia area of it. It's like, how well hung was it? Or like, was it at all? Right. Like I know the, the, Dude, you'll the hear Patterson. about Bigfoot dick a lot. Actually, you'll hear about big really? swain, like third leg, having like giant fucking arm length followed by a swarm of bees <laughs> but yeah i have never heard about a dog man dick i've heard he's ripped he's got cum gutters he's got all that he's like he's yoked but i've never heard about dog man's dick. well you can't really know how big it is until you get the dog aroused so the first step mm -hmm. that they don't mention in those manuals is go around your village and arouse all the dogs and start taking measurements right Does and then you probably like go lifted? back and is it Red Rocket? <laughs> so check this out. I found this today. Hold on, let me find it here. My, I found this today. No, no, no. Well, yes, but it's not. It's not. It's not graphic. But check it out, because again, we're. I, I'm doing this for the science, okay? And I'm. I'm doing a presentation right now that I'm working on. But 
I was just looking up because monstrosities were a real big thing during like the medieval times and the medieval era. And I just, I'm looking through old manuscripts and I don't know if I'm tripping, but this is, you, you tell, you guys tell me what you see here. What, what is that? What do you see there? It looks like a dog looking nuts or I don't, yeah. I don't know. Cat eating oh. uh, broccoli. Yeah, but look at look at in the. He's got a fat hog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this this was around the again the 12th century. This that was... thing is dragging on the ground. It's bro, so that... it's bro. I just it's sent you a dog. whole bunch of dogman shit. Did you see that in your Instagram? Dogman dicks. No, uh, not dogman dicks. But I just. Oh no, I have to look it on my phone because it doesn't show up on uh, my. Look at this. Oh, there. Okay, there's a cow. Uh, either blasting ass or shining yeah. the divine light. No, it's blasting ass, bro. This is, it looks this like they're like thing. washing their hands in it a little bit. Yeah. So again, and, and and that's the thing. That's an aspect of. I've heard it put the like the Knights Templar wolf, <laughs> where the <laughs> the Knights Templar were like kissing cat butts in order to get T Gandhi in order to like have because one of the one of the symptoms of T Gandhi toxoplasmosis is hallucinations, right? So again, trying to achieve this altered state of consciousness through these weird rituals and then you hear the what the knights templar were doing right i mean dude i i think that there's like easier ways to trip than licking cats ass well <laughs> why did they worship cats in egypt you know like why are cats so so revered like how, how why are they why do they have such a high status in right i mean and why do we train them to poop inside the house there there you go right they poop inside the house and everything so i think that and there's also coffee that people, you know, there's people that eat coffee that's. Yeah, we looked that up, but it's, it's technically, yeah, it's it's a, almost a cat, but it's not quite It's a not cat. a cat, yeah. It looks like a little lemur cat, weird thing. Oh, yeah. point it is it's digestive. Yeah. That's weird, you know? It's weird. Yeah, people are fucking retarded. <laughs> Apparently it tastes good. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, I got, I got the button for that, bro. You gotta bear with me. Gotta be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> So I think that again, that they're doing things to achieve altered states of consciousness one. And, and I came across these, these plates today and it was, it was by a guy who, who was a theologian and he was actually, one of his thing was he was, he was talking about prophecies and he actually prophesied. And again, I did a quick like rundown of the guy, but one of the interesting aspects was that he was trying to interpret the Bible from a more esoteric standpoint. So he was reading the Bible and wanting to extract the esoteric elements of the Bible, which I think that the Bible, that e even in the Bible, there are references to, I forgot the guy's name in the Bible, but there was a carcass of a lion. And when he goes to it, it was like 40 days after that. I think it was Jansen or something like that, where there's bees in the lion carcass and that's related to begonia, which is a Greek ritual of creating bees through the use of a, a cow carcass. But then you have the, that same ritual in these homunculus rituals as well, these homunculus recipes. So it's like, I mean, I mean, we could probably go there, but the Jesus as a homunculus and I, I and I termed it in, in the chapter in the book is called artificial prophets because a lot of, the prophets that we have in mainstream religions come from immaculate conception, like a lot of, a lot of them. Now I'm not saying that all babies are homunculus, but there was an argument during the 15th century. 
if Jesus was a homunculus or not. Now, I didn't make that up. There were literally theologians who were arguing about this in, in history. <laughs> There's entire books, like tomes of books written as to why he could have been one. And then there was another guy who was arguing against the first guy and was like, nah, bro. None of this is, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about how we thought fucking Bigfoot, I mean, Jesus was Bigfoot. Jesus was a fucking Bigfoot, and so was Mother Mary. There's that with that whole Harry Mary and the whole yeah, fucking European wild man thing. And then there's groups of people that sincerely thought that Jesus had a, had a donkey's head. And mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love all this shit. I think the the Jesus is a homunculus has subtraction though, because the concept of immaculate conception is that God put Jesus into yeah. this virgin, right? And if you can, and if you consider the context of that, I'm make some assumptions. I'm not a theologian, but that it's not like you expect that Mary gave half of you know the the work into making Jesus. It's like Jesus was already full blown Jesus. It just happened to go up inside Mary and then come back out. But it's not like Mary had part of Jesus in her already. So therefore, it very much is like a homunculus because in the homunculus, it's like the sperm has everything it ever needs to to grow. It just needs some sort of uh, like an incubator. That's basically what it, it it basically just reduces her to an incubator. But that means that Jesus was already like a little miniature, full formed, had all the magic, could already do water and wine and walk on water and all that. It just needed, you know, a place to stay for a little while. So, again, if you apply Paracelsian principles to that idea, because it, it came forth during the 15th, 16th century where they were arguing that if in, they were reading these books, that's, that was the problem, that they were reading these books on the creation of homunculus. And then some guy was like, wait a minute. Connecting, connecting two and two, Mary was a sealed, a hermetically sealed vessel and then she had just enough blood in there to create a condensed version of Jesus. And so the guy came up with this crazy idea. If you apply the Paracelsian principles to it and follow that ideology. Now, I took it a step further because part of the homunculus store is the destruction of the homunculus in order to extract its magical essence. Well, what is the whole Eucharist? Dude. You yeah, how do we take... get that sweet saving, dude? We need that saving to die on the cross. Boom, bro. You got it. You absolutely got it. Because if, again, you need to partake, uh, that's a magical thing. I remember being a kid in church, like, yo, why are we doing this? What is the point of, and then, right, you eat of the flesh of Christ and drink his blood. What a weird thing to do. I mean, that's just such a bizarre thing. So, again, that, to me, in my opinion, fortifies the idea of him being a, being this sort of, homunculus figure now that really pisses people off and then you could see why it would piss people off but you're calling their their savior homunculus now i consider myself a christian i i don't follow the mainstream religious you know religious aspects of, of organized religion but i do believe in a creator and a god right and I, and i think I, I think jesus was right the son of god how they say but i'm i consider myself a researcher and these are things that you stumble across when you're in in the trenches right this is why people got to subscribe to to the Re reality stars and and the one one podcast because we're in the trenches for you deocolting these things and and bringing them to light but these were real arguments bro of legitimate legitimate doctors of the church who are having these arguments with one another that's like me like can you imagine two grown-ass men having an argument 
as to whether some a historical figure it was a homunculus or not? Can you just how you how me and you were, were DMing like people take time out of their day to comment weird stuff on your videos of like grown ass men talking? Well, think think about bro. I can show you the entire manuscripts written about this subject, and it's like thousands and thousands of words as to why and as to why not. So again, it's a very interesting topic. Have you gone in on mushrooms and homunculus yet? Because I've got a, a growing theory because what do you do to grow mushrooms? You take a spore and you put it into a pile of shit and you wait for it to grow and turn into... And they used to call mushrooms the flesh of the gods. So it almost feels like there you go, right? You you create a little phallic person out of sperm slash spore out of you know and then you do like a secret ritual typically you would do it under like moonlight or after like a big rain so then also you've got like the wind and storm god shit. into it yes yeah, so it grows out of cow mm -hmm. shit but then you eat it to get its magical properties or you grind it up and make where it where does the dog penis or... come in thomas tell me where the dog penis comes in where do you beat the mushroom with a dog dick well i mean Dude, i don't think there's our dog dicks <laughs> Well, look at him. <laughs> there is, yeah. I guess the, the little red bulbs, if you've got the Amanita mascara. But I would just make an argument of what doesn't become better by beating it with a dog dick. I mean, I think it was just, it's like having a little salt packet on you or a hot sauce packet at all times. Of course. You know, like you're about yeah. to eat some some chicken nuggies. Like, I'm going to fucking beat yeah, these Let me just open up my jar of dog dicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sprinkle some dog dick juice on there. <laughs> what a bizarre. Like, if you sit down and you look at like alchemical plates, like, what? what? I remember I was at Narco Longo's bookstore and I was with his brother and I'm like, we're flipping through these old books and I'm like, bro, what were these guys on? Like, what were these guys trying to portray to us? But why even if just... it was true, isn't there someone like next door that's like, why do we need more bees in the village? Like, yeah. why, why are you making more bees, bro? <laughs> we got to save the bees. They're turning the bees gays, you know, like, so, and again, it's like, but why go through that trouble? Or some little kid run into his parents and Somebody chopped off the dog's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in bees. <laughs> Why go to that extent, Thomas, to occult the mushroom? How do you Why find not? that out either? Like, you, you, trial and error. How many cat sticks did you use before you're like, <laughs> hey, let's try the dog? It had to be the 7.7-inch the dog penis that was just the, more, the, the most magnificent homunculus I've ever seen. I mean, this thing was just prophesizing to me and telling me everything. I mean, so it's like... Again, if you have that image in your mind of the trial and error that it would go to like to to find the perfect one, and then how do you know that you have the perfect one? Like, like where do you even begin? So it's such a weird concept to think about. And but then again, Thomas, why would you go through all the trouble to a cult? Because one of the one of the rituals is to create a one-legged man, and then you have to be to totally a mushroom. That's a hundred percent a mushroom. But then you have one, to unalive him, man. bro. You have to beat him up. Yeah, well, and, ass. and you know what you call it when uh, a, a psilocybin mushroom um, gains color? They call it bruising, and they bruise blue because it's the only type of mushroom that'll turn that like special blue color. Although they also call yeah, them purple ringers for that reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was that was uh, Gordon Wasson's research where he said that all of those old Paracelsian monsters were just different ways of describing mushrooms, and the Wait, reason was, it got occulted uh gordon robert gordon wasson who was the vice president of finance for jp morgan and then he's the one that went to oaxaca mexico and um he brought back salvia divinorum he brought back uh Bro, psilocybin so, mushrooms and this guy said that 
Paracelsus monsters were were mushrooms? Correct. Yeah. It's, have... it's in it's in either um uh I'll have I'll have to get you the names of it, but he's got he's got two or three books that are specifically all about mushrooms and mythology. Um yeah, I'll I'll find the book name. Bro, and he he was he was funded by the CIA. Yeah. He was funded by the CIA to go over to Mexico and find salvia and find magic mushrooms and bring them back and he's the reason that we even have the word magic mushroom because one of his homeboys was henry luce that owned time magazine who was also skull and bones member by the way and Yo, he I tells like henry luce too. about all this shit and then henry luce he falls in love with the idea of mushrooms so he starts putting out articles in time life magazine people magazine a whole bunch of them and that's what brought magic mushrooms into popular culture it was through uh, robert gordon wasson who was a vp at jp morgan bank who also worked for the cia who also was connected to henry luce of time magazine and skull and bones that's the guy that gave magic mushrooms to western culture wow and, and by the, the way, uh, so the good no no i'm saying that that comment that you just pulled up i really like, love that comment and it was also at 707 on 77 that he commented that so that's 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 <laughs> that deserves Illuminati confirmed. confirmed. But Thomas, you're blowing my mind, bro. Because... The, the book, there's two of them. One's called The Road to uh, Eleusis, which is that sacred mystery school in, in Greece. And then the other one was Persephone's Quest. And those, and but and he's got a bunch of other ones too. He's got one called Soma. Um, do do but you those... have the actual part where it says that though? Uh, I mean, I've got the books somewhere behind me. I'll, I'll, I'll pull them up. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm, I'm gonna need you, Thomas. I mean, it's nothing personal. I'm gonna need you to cite your sources from now on because <laughs> okay. you know I don't trust you that much. And, and if you're if you're you know talking about the homunculus potentially being a source, because think it's about funny it. If you, if you don't believe me, because I'm citing <laughs> someone that worked for the CIA, so you might want to take up whether you not believe it from the CIA's. Movement. Maybe that's what they wanted us to think. Like, oh, hey, hey, guys, it's just mushrooms. All right, nothing to worry about, right? J.P. Morgan's already taken. But if you think of the concept of consuming psilocybin. And how you could possibly, I'm walking on water, guys, right? Like, I am Bigfoot now, or I am a dog man, or whatever. Like, I guess you could kind of kind of see the parallels there, right? Because if you take enough, you become an alien grave. If you take enough, you become a Bigfoot. I mean, I, I can I can see a If you dose everyone else, pretty heroic doses, man. And all it's made me it was kind and empathic. I started hugging hobos. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I like that the mind palace mushroom allegory. Of course, it's yeah, yeah. That would that would be a good way of remembering it. Like, yo, I gotta remember to pick those mushrooms. No, 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 no. dog dicks. Good. Dog All right, dicks. cool. Dog yeah, dicks. absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, if you could send me that, dude, because that, that's actually like I like that. that I know that you relate everything to mushrooms because you're Thomas, but that's like a different side of it, like a more dare I say rational side of the homunculus phenomenon. But it's like, why would you go through the whole trouble of trying to occult that in, in that in that lens, right? Yeah, like, the mushroom and the cross, man. They were the whole mm -hmm. allegory about Christianity and, and mushrooms and yeah. them trying to hide. Like, dude, it's super fucking fascinating. There's another book too called I think it's called that, the yeah. Astro Theological Revolution or Astro Theology or something. It's written by Jan Irvin, uh, who does a lot of work on uh, Robert Gordon Wasson. But they make a lot of great. Uh, examples of this and one of his answers for why is it occulted was because it was supposed to be reserved for only the highest of the high priests they were the only ones that were allowed to even know about it 
but they they did such a great job of like hiding that knowledge that over time even the high priest no longer knew that it was a mushroom and they just started eating crackers and then you know they swapped the, the wine like old school wine wasn't just alcohol it was like all kinds of shit right there was like hallucinogens and extra toxins and all sorts of things so what they used to take in the middle of these ritual masses is nothing like the Welch's grape juice and crackers they give out now. I uh, yeah, just yeah. want to address this comment real fast. It's a book. Check it out. It's called Mushrooms in the Cross. It's a really fucking fascinating. It's Marco Allegro. Is it John Marco yeah. Allegro, is it? John Allegro. Yeah, that, was, that was actually one of the first books I ever read, like when I was waking up, right? When I was like looking into everything because i started with like gnosticism and actually simon magus the father of all heresies and the the reason we have the word magician actually had a homunculus too he was boasting about having a homunculus created out of air and he said that it was greater than he was greater than more powerful than god because creating a homunculus from air was a lot harder than creating one from from the ground so the father of all heresies so john marco allegro yeah that was one of the first books I ever read on, like, the whole... My mom had that book, too, Cherie. <laughs> she just had uh, The Cross that one about? Witchblade. That's a good book. Uh, this dude was a fucking psycho asshole, like, woman abuser. Um, if that's the book that I'm thinking of. And he changed his life and came back to Christ. It, it was a good book. Interesting. So, the and this idea doesn't... It has some credibility to it because I've interviewed Thomas Hatzis and he specializes in like psychedelics in religion and the amount of psychoactive plants that they use in these different ceremonies where they had entire like stocks of marijuana and they were just lighting them up during like they were hotboxing the church essentially is what they were doing. So imagine them chanting and just hot boxing the shit out of everybody in the congregation. Might actually get me to go back to church again. <laughs> yeah, they found that, dude. The smoke balls of the priest would be like flipping around. Like I've never been in a Catholic service once. I was trying to I was trying to get in this Catholic girl's drawers back in the day. I was probably like 15. Uh, nice. So I went to one mass, and they wouldn't give me communion because I wasn't like a Catholic. So I was like, These dudes were lit, though, bro. You could just lie. Yeah. But yeah, but like the priest was like, you know, the smoke ball stuff. They found that, like, back in the 14th, 15th century, they did have, like, they found cannabis uh, inside of those things. They were mm -hmm. getting everybody fucking stoned. They're getting everybody super lit inside of there. And then they were feeling the spirit of the Holy God, you know, the Holy Spirit, because everybody was just high off their ass. They'd come bro. to church. They'd be, like, dinging them bells, and they'd have, like, that perfect geometry yeah, and stuff, bro. and everybody's feeling it. And then and they, they got the, um, stone, the, the, the stained glass where they're seeing colors they never see. You know what I mean? Hitting them mm. organs just right. Everyone was just like, it was like mm. basically a fucking like party back in the day. Bro, I was lit. Can you imagine that? That atmosphere, like in, in some cathedral somewhere, and they're just like blasted, bro, in another dimension. Like, yo. And it, it was, again, it was the poor people too that they had, because, you know, all the, the the peasants were essentially the ones that would go to church and, right? So that was a way of them exerting their power over. Yeah, and then you have well, the dude, also. Can you imagine? I mean, that'd be like the highlight of the week. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> you're looking forward to that. Out. Yeah, to that Sunday, right? You're like, yo, I want to get just blasted, bro. And <laughs> uh, what's that one book by Chris Bennett? The 420 and uh, what's it called? Lieber 420. Lieber 420. 
and he goes through the entire history of cannabis. And actually, a fun fact, mm. Crowley started the the ceremonies that got him in touch with with Lamb on 420. So he did. There were again. There were. I think it was hash that they were doing, but that that the it was a ritual that they were doing for a few months. But it they had it done on four. They were doing it on 420, and eventually that led to the encounter with this alien gray entity, essentially. And also H.P. Lovecraft mentions 420 in one of his stories about this guy on another planet interacting with like aliens and they're trying to mine for diamonds or something like that. And he's like, Oh, it's four twenty o'clock. And like, they were talking They They made a reference to this, this marijuana, if you will, this plant. And again, before four twenty was a thing, HP Lovecraft was talking about four twenty. So you have the, these connections with, right. You have the Crowley connection with the alien gray, which everybody talks about it being an alien gray. And then the idea that Greer talks about these alien grays being again, homunculus homunculus esque they're grown in these labs it's like wait a minute like is this the homunculus disclosure that they want to like put out there and they come out with all this stuff about the embryos being synthetic so i think it's coming full circle and i think we're at the four we've been talking about this for over a year now and i think we're at the forefront of that whole movement who knows i think people are going to start it's the hundredth homunculus theory homunculi theory where everyone's jumping on board and when enough people are on board Boom. Everybody starts to think about the same thing. I feel like this market needs to come away from the underground to become commercialized. Because if if there is a flesh and bones homunculus out there right now, there's got to be... Well, there's got to be a business plan I mean, where you can like get it freeze-dried. What the fuck are sea monkeys, dude? I just throw this packet in my fucking little... <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they should have like little take-home homunculuses for kids. Like it's it's funny mom. because that was that was literally <laughs> the inspiration for the homunculus owner's pamphlet. It was it was basically supposed was to a, be like got it. like the homunculus is your new uh, sea monkey. Ah, oh, yeah, we we got some other stuff planned for it. I mean, it's it's again, but my favorite my favorite plate from this little comic is this one right here, where the homunculus is mowing the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They do no chore is too large or too small for the homunculus. So you can just create one, and it can like deweed your garden and stuff like that, and and just you know. Well, how many did you use to just like cuck your wife? Like if you're just like if you're just over it, and you're like, I need my wife's fucking frustrated. Hey, dude, go satisfy her for me. I gotta go drinking with boys. Whatever, bro. Whatever you want. The the possibilities are endless. You can fly around. You can talk to demons. You can do whatever you want to do. You can just use his body to just like crawl in and back out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, the little more, right? Thomas was telling me about, like, that was the first cuck, right? I mean, uh, so Thomas was telling me a little bit about that. Was that Cartesian? Who was the guy, Thomas? Yeah, it was, it was, um, oh, what was the guy's name that wrote The Voyage to Cartesius? But, uh, uh, Gabriel Daniel. Yeah. And, and he called it the, the Black Moor. But the Black Moor, as you read more about it in that book, it's 100% an, an astral projection homunculus. So when, uh, Renee Descartes and anyone else would actually project their body with this like Rosicrucian concept where your soul's connected through a silver cord, except for when you're drunk or asleep and then it severs so that you can go and float around. Well, if you knew that you were going to send your spirit to go like way out to Mars or something, which they do in the book, then you need to have an astral homunculus that kind of goes into your body and sits there and keeps it occupied so that no one else can come in. 
So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like like the the assholes that like stand in the parking spot to make sure that like no one else can <laughs> can pull in. You know, they're like in the way, and that's sort of what they describe as this homunculus as serving that role. And that not only would it serve your place, but if we're like someone came to the door or if someone came and just asked you mundane questions, it would be able to carry on a conversation. But the book warns you that you want to make sure that no one that knows you personally comes into contact because if they start questioning it about like personal stuff, they'll realize something's up. And that's actually a theory for how Rene Descartes died is that he might have been actually projecting for too long. And the, the homunculus wasn't able to stand up to all the doctor's questions. And then the doctors started doing bloodletting because that was, you know, that was the cure for everything back then. And they essentially killed Rene Descartes. Um, by just draining him of his blood when all they really needed to do was just let the homunculus, you know, pull his astral body back into his body. And that, so that's the Cartesian homunculus. Now, what if he was a way better lover than you? Like, you just <laughs> fucked your wife way better. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, again, that, that, the, the idea, and, and the reason that you know that they're reading these occult books is because. <laughs> The idea comes from the Picatrix, which is like one of the more infamous grimoires. And in that in that particular grimoire, they tell you, right, the the watch. You know, we've always heard about the watchers. Well, the watchers in that aspect is the one that watches over your body while you're in the astral realm doing shenanigans, right? They because we've always heard about so the when watchers. the watcher is inhabiting your body and fucking your wife, is he making the <laughs> nephilim? Is that what happened? So. Merlin, right? The the from the Arthurian legend, he's half demon, half man. And another another concept to this whole thing is that during this time, they believed that succubi and incubi could take the sperm of people and implant it into wombs of other people. So that was also another. Uh, you you were quite literally having intercourse with a with a demon. I mean, it wasn't that, an affair. Lilith took it during the night, honey, and she's the one that gave it to the neighbors. Exactly. So there was that, and Merlin. The reason he has the these powers is because he's half demon and half half human. So he's like a demi demon, I guess you could call him. But <laughs> I like the idea of the homunculus cucking you, and you're like, "Yo, what's going on here?" It's like, "Bro, you you created me with the biggest dick you could find. What were you expecting? Did you just left me here? <laughs> I've got I've got that that big dog dick energy. Come on, bro. So let me pull up this paint. There's a there's a painting. There's a plate that's like, oh, here it is, right here, sleeping. So again, this was an idea during these times, but check this out. I mean, I don't think we can get we can get in trouble from sharing this. This is art, so this doesn't show nudity or anything. Oh, that is a huge dog dick. This this is again this idea of right prose Merlin, and she was the conception of Merlin, and he again he was concept, and then you get into the whole. Mindenville did a great job when he broke this down because, essentially, right. So here's this demon persuading this this merlin's mom but look at that so and you know who actually also gets into this the guy from the what's his name from from this thing the what, what's this called again i joined i'm a, I'm a bigfoot <laughs> i'm a high priest or whatever from this this uh, bob dobbs the what's this the school oh called? discordianism discordianism he talks about getting rammed by a demon, essentially, when he first got the idea to talk about this Bob Dobbs. He, he, we did an interview with Robert him. Robert Anton Wilson, right? No, it's Re- Reverend Stang, which is like Oh, the that's first. right. Yeah, Reverend Stang. 
And he talked about that. But yeah, this idea isn't something new. And also Paracelsus. Paracelsus talked about how we know what the Catholic Church does to people, right? The the boys, right? We we can they save we them. We don't have to we don't have to use save, the word they but save their souls. He said that the, that they needed to stop that. Listen, listen. They he said that they needed to stop that in order to stop the anally birthed homunculi that were coming forth from that. So, and this is Paracelsus writing about this. Like this, there's actually, bro. I, it's so bizarre. Like this, this guy who was essentially so smart, the father of toxicology, and like he helped. He he's at the forefront of mineralogy too, and he was like one of the first miners of like his time. And it's like, bro, it's so bizarre that these guys were talking about this sort of stuff. He's like, yeah, we got to save the kids, but not because we got to save them, but because we got to stop the anally birth homuncula that are that are occurring from these relations that are happening. So it's like, what are you what are you on, bro? <laughs> they took our gerbs. <laughs> the little homunculi are gathering up outside Home Depot. <laughs> Yo, and check this. Oh, dude, what the heck? Look at this. This is crazy. But yeah, this this is an actual idea from these times. I mean, I I'm not making this up. This is yet the little yet the little de- he took. The, I guess he took the one baby and put a demon baby here. Was... It says toe licking demons. So they got they got foot fetishes too. Look at that. He's swapping it out. And again, these were these were ideas of of back then. Like a, a, a dragon or something here. So they're drawing this t- sort of stuff. And uh, Mind Unveiled really gets into this whole thing because uh, with the faces down here and, and he just really breaks it down really nicely. How it's painted. So essentially what he's trying to get at is that all these different paintings that we have of like the of the Immaculate Conception and all these different things it was actually occulting this homunculus technology since the beginning of time in these paintings is what he's trying to get at. If you I was watch getting his... major uh, where the wild things are vibes from those yes. images too, man. No, absolutely. Yeah. So again, I think it goes back to as far back as 2600 BCE. And if you want to believe even in these, these ancient script, religious scriptures, Adam, was a golem or a homunculus too. It was one of the first ones. Juan, I just sent you a bunch of shit about dog, man. These are like old ancient photos of uh, in Insta. Oh, I'm gonna look it up. Really? Let's see here. Let's see what look we got. These, oh, that's a that's a that's a fine specimen. Yeah, dude. So, what what? Right, the dog-headed saint. You have that. Who I think Saint Augustine wrote about that. And it's like right Anubis, the dog-headed god. So. Were these, again, these chimeras in society? Like, look how weird that is. I mean, how bizarre is that? Like, you have a posse of dogmen, and they're just doing stuff for you. And also, dude, I don't know if you like how deep you are into it, but I've also heard that there's, like, government breeding programs for these entities. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, Like... The little reel that you did with your kid on the thing, you're talking about Bigfoot and, like, yeah, like... (laughs) It's not far from like uh, a lot of fucking theories that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I I had this theory, and I probably said this way too many times on the show, but I don't know. I love I love my audience, but you're just gonna have to hear it again. So, uh, on my honeymoon with my wife, we went to uh, like Yellowstone, and the Grand Tetons. Uh, maybe. 
<laughs> I wasn't there. I was off. I was on Mars, so I don't know what happened. Uh, so, anyways, we were we were in the fucking Grand Tetons, and we were sitting there. We we're talking. Uh, we were taking a boat uh, to this place called Elk Island, and we're sitting there talking to like uh, the forest ranger, and she's explaining to us that like every animal in the Grand Tetons and the in Yellowstone are tagged. All of them have like chip. They're all chipped. And if you if you like shoot a deer, that's a ten thousand dollar fine. If you hit a deer with your car, that's a ten thousand dollar fine. If like a bear is mauling your wife, and you shoot that you shoot the bear, ten thousand dollar fine. They don't even give a fuck. It's like if you kill one of the animals. So she said a couple of years back, somebody hit one of the deers, and they uh, shut down like immediately. They were like, okay, one of these things is dead. They checked it out. It looked like it had been hit by a car. So they closed every entrance and exit and then they went through like every single parking lot. They went through all the different spots to campgrounds to find the person that did this. They found the car had blood and hair on it. Right. And they find the dude uh, for hitting one of the deers and killing it and driving away. Uh, but even if he stayed, it would have been a fucking fine. And so to me, it just kind of got my head thinking like with this idea, because I had been talking to a couple Bigfoot experiencers that would talk about how, they would, they'd be sitting in like a hunting blind and they would see a deer and like off to the left, they were like, what the fuck is that? And they saw like a Bigfoot and they shot it. They shot a fucking Bigfoot. By the time they got down and they were down on the ground, uh, body's gone and there's a man in black waiting for him. And a man in black's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. You didn't see anything. Like, they, you, like kick rocks, get, go. And to me, it, it just, it just worked this like theory in my head. It was like, that maybe all the fucking Bigfoots are fucking chipped. Maybe every single one of them is like corralled. And that's where these like, there's these like little areas that you're not allowed to go to. And these like in these parks, there's, there's off limit spots and like Yellowstone, there's spots that you can't go to. And they just like, they chip them and track them. And that there's like a whole, maybe like group of like park rangers, like cryptid versions of like these super troopers that are like, protecting and watching them and i love the idea too if these are interdimensional creatures as well where these guys jump through the fucking portals too these are like men in black but they're like the fbi and they have to go through these portals and like bigfoot is like this wild uh like chaotic neutral thing that just like can come in and out of our reality and they have to like keep the fucking timelines clean and they have to keep us from interacting with them um anyways your your little reel reminded me of that and had me thinking about that yeah, yeah, that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite versions of that. Because again, by being in this in this community, you're gonna have any one idea you have, the inversion of that idea exists, and you're gonna have the people in that camp, right? And then you you know, so I know about pretty much almost all the theories. Because again, we're researchers, right? We're we're looking into this. And my fate, my personal favorite one is that one that they're protecting these areas, these large areas where you can't use them, you can't access them, you can't. And I believe that in these wide open areas, strange phenomenon happen. And, and I've talked about it going, even going into the Everglades. And then there's the stories of the pig people in the Everglades and all these different things. So this idea goes deep to where, right. The jinn live in the desert, right? Uh, souls. Also one thing to tie it into dogman and to tie it into the ape. I've heard that sinful souls reincarnate as apes and also tormented souls reincarnate as dogs. So you have, and then dog backwards is God, right? And I've also heard that in the occult sense, like, was God reincarnated as a dog? Like, it, it gets it gets super weird. But uh, again, these are just ideas that are out there that exist. 
and connections that have been made. Now, just because we touch on them doesn't necessarily mean that we believe them, right? Because that, that's that's what people think that automatically when you talk about something, like, oh, you believe in that. It's like, no, I'm just relaying the information, right? I'm just a researcher. So, but yeah, no, it's it's super interesting. And, and my son was just asking me today, where does Bigfoot come from? And I think I think that's a better question as to like, you know, what if you asked me like, yo, where do homunculus come from, right? I don't even know if you can say that word, but he imagines like, ah, so, you know, we can't have that conversation yet. You're don't not, go you're on not. digging those <laughs> eggs in the backyard, son. You're not, you're not old enough, tent, son. son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta be at least like 14 or something to have that talk with him. But no, he was just asking me and I, I like making those reels because I like to blow his mind. He's like, they're stepping into, I was like, you know, they're stepping into our dimension. He's like, they're stepping into our, well, I'm like, our dimension. He's like, oh, he doesn't understand what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> but he, you know, he thinks he understands it. But yeah, it's, it's super fun because kids ask the weirdest things. And I even asked him too. I was like, yo, uh, have you seen Bigfoot? And he's like, no, I've never seen Bigfoot. He's like, it'd be too scary if I saw him. And I'm like, but do you like him? He's like, yeah, I like Bigfoot. So again, it's just, you know, a kid being a kid. But has he seen Harry and the Hendersons yet? No, no. Oh, think... dude, come on, man. You're depriving. Have you seen Harry and the no. Hendersons yet? You're depriving yourself and your family at this point. Buddy, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> you guys suck, man. Oh, man. No, no. But, yeah, again, I think that this is all tied together. And if you really start to look down the rabbit hole deep enough, you're like, well, this kind of sort of starts to make sense. And I think that reality itself isn't as clear cut as some people want it to be. And I think that that's why these texts exist, why these symbols exist and all these different things are in existence because at some point in time somebody was probably wondering the same thing and that's why you know maybe they figured it out and they're like yo i'm gonna put this into a book but i kind of want to keep it on the dl so that's why they occulted it and then i mean who knows like if you think of baphomet right the knights templar like one of the more mainstream ones that's kind of sort of like a chimera like were they tapping into the homunculus technology Right. Baphomet could have been a homunculus. So, like there was different versions of it, but it could have been some sort of homunculus, too. It was right. And a part of the homunculus lore is invoking these entities into a vessel. So homunculus has no soul. And this ethical question as to, right, is a homunculus a real person or not? But the idea of it, the ethics behind it goes back to the 14th century, 15th century where Arnaldo Villanova was this alchemist who was, again, part of the church, a theologian. He was creating homunculus because it was natural Christian magic. He could do it. And as soon as the homunculus would come alive, he would smash, the, he would smash it and kill it. Like, yo, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? Like, this is a magnum opus. What are we? He's like, listen, I don't know if God died for that homunculus as soon as. I don't know if God's going to possess it with a demonic soul. Like, I'm going to kill it before God has a chance, right? This idea of like, I'm going to kill it before God has even a chance of invoking a soul into it. Cause this is, this would be blasphemy. So he was just going through the steps, getting to the very end of it. It would come along. It's just like, boom, just kills it. Like, what are you doing, man? So, and the ethics as to, and, and that's what's going on right now too. In the mainstream media, like, are these people? Well, are they, are they going to have a social security number? Are they going to well, pay taxes? All of those embryos, dude, that that scientists are creating, they're not allowed to live past a certain point, and the scientists have to kill them. Oof! Again, so I don't, I don't know. Can you harvest them for certain things? I, we get into this thing, and the funniest part of all, all that to just like you know 
put a, a little bow on top of everything that we've talked about. The guy that's in charge of the ethics of that that I saw on the news thing, his last name was um, Magnus. And Albertus Magnus was a known alchemist that created a homunculus. So it's like history comes full circle. Did he circle. die? We don't Is know. Is it anymore. him? Dude, so Frant, <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing with, behind these immortal alchemists. And that's the thing about alchemy that it's so, it's interdimensional. And there's different magnum opuses that you can achieve. The divine androgen, the philosopher's stone, the elixir of life. And the one that I think that they were really truly trying to go after, which would be the homunculus is also right. The artificially created life. So I think that, I think that the, the, the way of getting to the homunculus, I think the gold was a byproduct. I think they were getting closer, like, Oh, not, no, we're making gold. You know, I don't want the gold. I want the homunculus. Cause think about it. If you can get a homunculus, it can take you to the gold. It can find the gold for you. So what's the point of wasting your time creating gold <laughs> and turning lead when you can have a little, a friend, you know, everyone needs if, a friend. <laughs> if you do stuff with a homunculus, does it make you gay? I don't know, bro. I mean, that you're getting into, you're stepping into weird territory, Thomas. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think in, in the name of magic with a K, I don't think it is, but that's just. As that's, long as you spell with a K, then it's, magic, then it's not. Yeah. Just doing spells, bro. <laughs> just doing spells dude yeah absolutely you imagine that's what curly told all those guys like dude i'm not it's for magic man it's, like, it's, okay. it's all right it's okay little guy you know just let it happen it's, it's in the name of magic right no if it's your <laughs> yeah. essentially it's a part of you right right yeah if, it, if it's yours then it's like uh it's like, self, incest, it's like masturbation or... it's, like, it's like the same thing <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's essentially a, a crash course in the science of the homunculus. And every single day I am <laughs> I am learning new things on the phenomenon and I'm finding little breadcrumbs here and there on whatever new topic I get into. And I get made fun of because I literally relate it to everything. But I don't do that on purpose. I, I it legitimately just like as Thomas, like we've been researching stuff we're like, yo, what does this sound like to you? And you're like, well, we found that paper. You didn't mention that paper yet. The the research paper that links every article on Wikipedia oh, to yeah. homunculus. I don't know if you've got the visual for that. The So the Wikipedia game, somebody ran the numbers. And the Wikipedia, let's see here. Let me find it here real quick. The Wikipedia game, degrees of separation. Somebody ran a model. So there's a game that's called the Wikipedia game. And essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to use all the hyperlinks in Wikipedia. And you're only able to go using the hyperlinks in Wikipedia to go to the next article. And somebody ran like an algorithm or whatever. And apparently the, so here it is. Degrees of separation within Wikipedia. How many clicks till the homunculus? And this is 2019. Shout out to Carl. Carl Sims, and essentially the the homunculus is about three degrees of separation when before you can get to the homunculus phenomenon. So essentially the homunculus. <laughs> so here you start with the homunculus and you only use the hyperlinks in the homunculus page and you're able to connect to Justin Bieber, Star Wars, Taylor Swift, Mark Zuckerberg, Kanye West, Stephen Hawking, uh, and about two or three 
or sometimes even four degrees of separation. And again, he they, they ran the numbers. We had somebody run the numbers and it, it checks out, right? The, ma- the math checks out, guys, that the homunculus concept, you can tie it to, look, John D., University of Cambridge, I think that says there, the United and, States. And the point they make here is that that <laughs> you would expect, um, just based on the formula, to be separated by four degrees. But when you talk about homunculus, it's closer to three degrees of 3. separation. 3.92. Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends if it's the top 50 or the, the top 100, I think it was. But yeah, somebody ran the numbers. I mean, this is a legitimate... And, and if you look, the little chart even has a little homunculus in it. I don't know if you noticed that. It's like a little homunculus so, dude. Yeah, right here. And, and it's <laughs> yeah. interesting you, you bring that up, Thomas, because I've seen the... Do you know anything about bibliometrics by any mm-hmm. chance? So like you measure your Bible? I don't, well, I've seen a diagram made from like all the information in the Bible, and it makes like this weird diagram. But I read somewhere it said... All the books added up everywhere and makes the bibliometric homunculus. Now, I haven't been able to find anything of it, but essentially what it is, if, if you take the information of some books or something and essentially creates a homunculus, like the, the diagram of a homunculus, and it's funny you said homunculus because that kind of does look like two legs and two yeah, arms. It's like a little stick figure, dude. So it's the bibliometric homunculus. Now, I'll try and find more information on it, but essentially that'd be wild if like all the information on the internet of books came together and formed a homunculus. I, I don't know. It'd be really weird. It'd be fucking really weird. Mm-hmm. So, again, that that's 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 pretty much it. And and I'm constantly digging, and I'm still doing research because I'm I'm writing that book. So I'll be coming up with more information, and that's what people have to understand that when you're you're doing the this research, and I'm coming on all these podcasts to talk about it. You know, maybe two podcasts ago that I talked about, it, I didn't have the same information that I have on this podcast. So I'm bringing new information to light on this podcast that I wouldn't have otherwise had on, you know, two, two episodes ago, whatever it was. So I think that's what makes it fun. And I mean, yeah. Thomas can relate. We're always digging and digging in the trenches for people. So they don't have to do the dirty work with the creating Beating the those cows. <laughs> I dig it, man. I appreciate it. This was fucking fun. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the invite and yeah, man, any, anytime I'm going to have to have you guys on too. And I, I just want to say I had Thomas first. All right, Thomas was my original homunculus, <laughs> and then you stole him from me. So I just want to go on record to say that we can share him, dude. You get his yeah. ass, I get his mouth. We can. <laughs> we can you could you make an anal homunculus hour. from another homunculus? I think, oh, Jesus, I think that's what, what. Do they even poop? You know, I haven't actually studied the anatomy of one yet. I haven't come across something like that, but I think that's what Dahmer was doing. I think he was trying to make some sort of anally birth homunculus. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But we're still, again, we're still researching the topic and the phenomenon. But yeah, this, this was fun because I know that you get into the, the unfiltered stuff, Nate. And I think we kept it pretty PG for the most part. But yeah, I've, I've listened to your show before and I know you go hard in the paint. So we I, talked I, about cow pussy a couple of times. Yeah, I think it, I think it was, I knew it was going to be fun because you go hard, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. There's no filters. Uh, just straight autism. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Juan. This was a blast, brother. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, do you want to throw your plugs one more time? Tell everybody where they can do that shit? So don't go to paranoidamerican.com to get your copy. <laughs> go to tjojp.com. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, homunculus owner's manual. I have the comic book. I was on the cover of Paranormality magazine as well for the Hell as yeah. the Florida's homunculologist for the Hell June yeah. issue. You can use promo code TJOJP on that. And yeah, YouTube. Ad, I shared the link on my page and some people came over. So hopefully you got a few subscribers from that. And yeah, appreciate it. TJOJP.com and anywhere you get your podcast at Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. I appreciate you, man. Hell yeah. Thomas, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, dude, just get the homunculus owner's manual. That If you liked any of the content from here, we break it all down. There's uh, like over 60 unique anim- um, illustrations that were put together by very talented artists that's got credits in Marvel DC image and stuff. So it's it's legit. We put about like a year of work into this this thing. And uh, every single thing that gets brought, yeah. There's the cow, cow getting some face right there. To, yeah, <laughs> and it, I mean it's it's a little bit funny, but it's also incredibly inf- informative. And as far as we're aware, it is the only homunculus pamphlet that's ever been created that's fully illustrated, and certainly within the last century, like there hasn't been any other grimoires published on the homunculus until we put this together. Look how cute. You just made some demonic entity, a Paracelsian monster. You know, everyone needs to cuddle at night with a Paracelsian monster. So, yeah, it's really, it's really a work of art. So, PrintOnAmerican.com or TJOJP.com. All right. Thank you guys again. Do the wave. I do the wave.